Come explore our world of coffee. Deluna Coffee features over two dozen different blends. Deluna's unique roasts can be delivered ground finely for drip coffee makers, coarse for the craft crowd, untouched as a whole bean, or even in convenient K-cups. Founded in 2014 by the Lemmix family, Ed and Brett are FSU alums and boosters who are extending a special offer to all listeners. Use the promo code WARCHANT15 for a 15% discount. Visit DeLunaCoffee.com and check out their Facebook and Instagram. From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hudjavandi and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up Warchant presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, Renegade Express. Questions from our valued subscribers over on Warchant.com all day on the show. Wake Up Board Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Check them out, cptallybar.com. Always pull that phone out, open your camera app, take a photo of the QR code, takes you right to the website where you can find out that today the lunch special is the cheesesteak, chicken or steak, whichever you prefer. That goes on from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday to Friday. Come back for happy hour. Then come stick around and play some bingo on Thursday night over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Always a good time. Lots of football going on this weekend, even though the, the Knolls aren't in action. So uh, tap on in. Hop on over to the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Right, Corey? Indeed. And I would recommend the Smokehouse Chicken Sandwich. That's been my go-to here recently. I used to get it as a wrap. And you can do that. It's fine. I'm not going to judge you for it. But, man, they just it knocks it out of the park every time. Every time. So, uh, yeah, their cheese curds are good. Uh, I try not to eat a ton of cheese curds anymore, Aslan. You know, we've done a, we've done a, try to do a lifestyle change, oh, but yeah. I'll dabble. Okay. I'll dabble. The good news is Corner Pocket does have a hel- uh, enough healthy food that if you are trying to change your lifestyle, you can just drink water and vodka now and eat a side salad with some chicken breast. I mean, they got all the options for you at Corner Pocket. Uh, every lunch special comes with a side dish, by the way, folks. Curly mm. fries, straight fries, onion rings, potato salad, broccoli, side salad, tots. Or freshly cooked potato chips. You should be like their Jared of Subway, but without all the creepiness behind it. You know, like, look at me. Yeah, that's, yes, correct. Yeah, that's right. I could be showing my pants. Yeah. Like, this is what I used to, although they're the same. They're still the same. They're very baggy, just like they were uh, nine months ago. I know. I I pulled up the Syracuse champagne dousing video from last year to, I think, put in maybe the Florida wrap that you and Ira did the other week. Right. I was like, man, look at our guy. And like, I never thought you. You were always a handsome man, you know. I never Thanks, thought you buddy. looked. Never thought you looked, you know, unhealthy. I never thought I needed to sit you down. Like, hey, man, let's let's think about some of the decisions we're making in our life. But yeah, man, like you look so noticeably different. I'm glad. I'm glad you feel good though. Most importantly, I mean, at the oh, aspect. well, that didn't. Say, you didn't say I look better. You just said I look different. Well, no, no. I mean, it goes without saying, man. You, oh, okay. You look I didn't like, know. I didn't know. Like, Some people tell me I look like I've lost too much weight. Oh, what I hate. They're called haters, Corey. I, it's exactly what I told them. I don't. They're not in my life anymore. <laughs> Um, let's get, I guess, to the Renegade Express, but maybe I want to make a quick pit stop. Anything you want to take away from Wednesday? We'll be back out there later today for practice. Man, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I kind of, I kind of like that 45-minute practice they had man, on Wednesday. Man, that was something, huh? I'm a big fan of it, man. Yeah. You, were you able to observe anything? I was outside trying to upload the uh, practice video for the uh, 455 people that watched it. No, I think what they were doing was uh, a lot of, like, I think it was an early practice for the, it was a, a shorter practice for the vets. But then the younger guys, the guys on scout team, the, the freshmen, they were still practicing when we were interviewing the vets and, the, uh, oh. and Mike Norvell. So I think it was kind of like a Sunday practice. Okay. You know what I mean? Where right. they give those guys real reps, the younger guys and the older guys get to rest their bodies and heal. That's what it felt like to me. We'll see if the one today is, is similar, which would make sense. Uh, get the young guys as many reps as possible. Um, so no, couldn't really, uh, there, there was nothing to observe other than the people that were there. Right. That was a uh, that that was a good sign that there were the people that you were wondering. Uh, you know, we wrote about it. Uh, Verse and Robinson, Jamie Robinson, those were the only two guys like that that we um, that, that have decisions, quote unquote, to make that we were that we talked to on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, they, but if you don't know this, you should because it's on it's on War Chant. It's been on War Chant for twenty four hours now at this point. By the time you're listening to this, um, they did say that they they are going to they plan on playing in the bowl. Mm-hmm. 
Jamie Robinson was much more steadfast and emphatic. He is definitely playing in the bowl. Jared Verse, I think he might have used the word likely or probably, planning to, uh, something like that. Uh, so we'll see. Neither one of them uh, announced what decision they would make um, after the bowl. Um, but yes, they both said they plan on playing in the bowl, which is very good news for, uh, for Florida State. And anybody else you might have been wondering about was also out of practice. Okay. There you go. Well done, Corey. Yeah, Thanks, I don't know. I think maybe we did not ask. I, I was part of the contingent that was talking to Jared Verse, and like none of us explicitly asked, like, "Hey, man, are you going to play in the bowl game?" I just, I was like, since you were here practicing, is this indicative of anything of your future plans? Like, I was talking about like NFL almost. And he was like, "Oh, he's got to plan on playing the bowl game." I was always planning on playing in the bowl games. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's good to see. Uh, don't want to dive too far into. I would have been questions. there, Aslan, but I got confused. So as we're talking to Norvell after the forty-five minute practice. The scene from Wizard of Oz shows up on the practice fields. I mean, it was dark yeah. and scary looking, Swirling. that sky. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm out of here, man. I asked my one or two questions. I'm 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 gonna go inside or somewhere else because we're all about to get dumped on. Yeah. And then Steven, one of the SIDs, said, Hey, we're moving the that we're gonna move the interviews to the tradition room with the players. And I got confused and thought he meant the museum. Again, the museum with no artifacts. <laughs> It's been called the museum for 15 years. There's literally nothing in it that is museum. That's just what they call it now. Um, that uh, that I started walking over there and then realized, oh, he did say tradition room, which is in the baseball stadium, which is right next to the practice field. And the baseball, the tradition room could be called the museum because they do have a lot yeah. of cool stuff in there. Yeah. Florida State baseball doing it upright at Hauser. I don't think they let any fans come in and look at it, but still, it's cool. So, uh, so yeah, I missed the Jared Verse part. Um, and then, so I, I just helped out with Dylan Gibbons and recorded him. Yeah. Uh, Tom Lang also have, has thoughts on that. Check it out over on our YouTube page. You should subscribe to it. Hit the thumbs up. Um, that'd be cool. As well as our uh, podcast here on the iOS Apple devices. Do that. Everybody would appreciate it. All right, let's get to it, Corey. Lots of questions. This one is a good one. I like this one. Just right to the point. Very brief, concise, succinct, mahogany strap. Which transfer target would mean more for next year's success a dominant tight end, a 10-sack defensive end, or a first-round defensive tackle? The first-round defensive tackle. Okay. Yeah. Because, what do you think, Patrick Payne? You got, they, already, they already have one on, on staff here, one already on the roster, a 10-sack defensive end? Look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be polite here. Um, we cover a good football team, but think about what all the teams were able to do to Florida State's defense when Fabian Lovett wasn't on the field. Um, and I'm talking about Louisville, just, it, it, you know, Louisville scored 31 points and just busted them straight up the middle. Clemson, straight up the middle. Wake Forest, couldn't even affect the mesh. They were holding that thing for 16 seconds um, before they would throw it because you had nothing in the middle that made much, much of an impact. If you get yourself a first-round defensive tackle like somebody better than Fabian Lovett, yeah. that's, a, that's, that's a big, big deal. Like, you want them all. Um, and you, you probably will be looking for them all, but I think the, the, and then it showed up in the, against Florida. Like when you didn't have a, uh, you know, you didn't have the, uh, you didn't have a great, you, you didn't have a lot of depth there and Florida kind of just dictated what they wanted to do. Third and seven, they'd run up the middle, even with the backup quarter. But by the way, gr what, yeah, uh, I assume I, you guys listening to this uh, have heard by now the backup quarter, the Kitna for Florida. Yikes. Um, but, uh, so that's what concerns me the most going into next season is by far the defensive line. Look, man, you had a top 10 offense this year without a special tight end. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you could do that again next year. Hey, Fabian did play 53 reps against Florida. So who um, did actually no? Why does it pull up 2021? Why would you do that to me? Computer. Um, and then it bounces to craziness. He played 63. I take it back. Fabian Lovett played 63. Snaps against yeah. Florida. And he got pushed around like they all did. Um, yeah. he, he less so than the other players, but that's what I'm saying. Well, if PFF, you're strong in the middle, man. But, you know, PFF's PFF. If you're strong in the middle, um, that that's you just make people become one-dimensional. If you can stop the run, that's a that's a enormous. Uh, and, you know, they could not stop the run when Fabian Lovett was not in the game, typically. Just to be devil's advocate, and I really shouldn't be devil's advocate because, again, we got a lot of questions to get to here. But, you know, he played. But, man, I don't know how close to 100% Jared Verse was this season. And it was also kind of around the same time they lost Fabian. So yeah. it definitely didn't help that they, they didn't have Fabian and they had an affected Jared Verse. But 
That's why I think it's close. I think you're right. Give yourself a first round defensive tackle. Like the gap between that and a top ten uh, pass rusher or whatever the qualifier was is much closer. It was ten sacks. Yeah, ten sacks. Ten sacks. Yeah. That that's a close. Like you know, I don't know, like a inch or so. If I'm holding up here in, in the air, and then yeah. that's a huge drop off between those two and having a, a big time. I agree. You could you could you could argue either way with the with the defensive end. I mean, you have had two very good defensive ends in back to back years. That really does help. You need to go either keep verse around or get go get another one for sure. I, I just think defensive tackle and defensive end are needs. Yes. Tight end is a want. Okay. Well said. Noel Boyo too. Wake up, gentlemen. Wow. Feels so good to be state champs again. What would you guys consider the best play of the season? For me, it's between Shaheem the block, and Jordan's run. Jordan's run was incredible, but I feel Shaheem's block was the biggest sign of things changing. Thanks for answering my question. Support the players with merchandise, YouTube accounts, Warchan and their staff, Rising Spear, and our Florida State Seminoles. Want to go huh. off the board, or is it one of those? I mean, I think... Best play, not maybe so biggest, but I don't know. That's going to say, but best... I mean, he blocked an extra point, but I mean, it's the he didn't say biggest play, did right. he? No, he said best. He said best. Play. I would say the either the Jamie Robinson tackle in Miami or the Jordan Travis run uh, Friday night against Florida. Those are those are my two. Uh, that Trey Benson throwing dudes off him is fun as well. But I, I just think those two are the, the two clear leaders for, like, best play. Like, I, just most jaw-dropping type of play. I'm going to win for once. And I didn't even I didn't even look at this question before. I'm going to win for once. Uh, the real answer is Pokey's uh, punt return against NC State. That's the right answer. I mean, that's kind of lost in the shuffle because they lost the game, but what it was really cool. It was you're right. It was amazing. You're right. That was, a, that was a really cool. I thought you were going to say his one-handed catch against LSU. That was a good. It's a lot of choices. Yeah. Of Johnny Wilson and Tate Rodemaker hooking up in the back corner of the end zone, or the seventy-yard bomb to Johnny Wilson against Louisville. Yeah. All those are uh, all those are good choices. Trey Benson's kickoff return. Big Bill 86 disagrees about rushing the field, says we should lighten up, I guess more so me than you. Uh, all right, cool. JCC 1213, Aslong, Corey, I went to Gene Deckerhoff's retirement sign-up at the Tallahassee Quarterback Club, had a great time. Heard crazy wow, stories from many. Question, what's your favorite Deckerhoff radio call moment? His was uh, back in the 90s when Kendra would score, he would say something like, come out of the phone booth, Superman. <sighs> Three, two, one, come out of the phone booth, Superman. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have a good Decker Hoff. Sorry, Gene. It's not bad, though. That was better than I thought it would be. Um, I mean. This is all I, you. Dude, yeah, I know this is your account. Reaching back. I like that he always called E.G. Green Ernie Green. Okay. Because I'm with him on that. Because the E.G. for E. was was Ernie Green. That was the initials. It wasn't like his name was Ernie uh Goliath Green, it was Ernie Green Green. Uh, I mean, Gregory, that isn't you want to go with Gregory yeah. or like yeah? I, I couldn't think of a G. G. I wanted to. I almost said Ginny. Jeez. Oh, clear that throat. I couldn't think of. I couldn't think of a G. Uh, a, a name that started with a G. So uh, I liked that he always called him Ernie Green. Um, but my, I think his two best calls that I that I always think of were uh, the Ward to Dunn pass in yeah. the swamp where he says he separates i mean that's just a, a perfect call the, the 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 volume in his voice the excitement the way he describes it in the moment is incredible and then uh when luke laux found mike snare for the uh game-winning three at uh, at duke okay. um and he says the little team that could just did or whatever he said it was like in the moment it was it was it, it just was like he was thinking about it all game like he was expecting a a buzzer beater it was nuts he just you know Gene was good, man. He was yeah. he was very good. I like the new guy too, though. I like the new guy too. He he has the uh, uh, Jeff has the Colhane. I should say he's not just known as the new guy, although he probably will be known as the new guy new guy for at least ten years. Um, but I, you know, he I, he has the right gravitas in his voice for the moments. I think. Yeah. What uh, would be second best? And like, would you let me give you options? What about two thousand three PK Sam touchdown versus twenty thirteen Kenny Green? In Boston College, Chestnut Hill, Kenny Shaw. I Come know. on, Aslan, get it I together. Know, but like, then he um, said Rashad, but it was Kenny who made. Oh the catch. yeah, yeah, he did say Rashad. Yeah, no, that wasn't that wasn't uh, great. I, I but the uh, energy I though, though, the energy like, caught, caught. Yeah, caught. He, I mean, he let everybody know it was a touchdown. Whoever <laughs> caught it was almost irrelevant. It was like it was a touchdown. Um, and what was the first one? PK Sam, two thousand three. 
Yeah, man, I'll be honest with you. I, I've heard that a few times, but the one I love more than that is the Mick Huber one. Yeah, you're right. No, the yeah. Florida guy. It's it, Pete, call PK Sam. Like just how sad he is is a lot better than how excited Deckeroff is, in my opinion. No. Naked underscore Noel. Wake up. Thought experiment for you. Okay. Hypothetical Florida State fan has passed away. They have earmarked a posthumous donation of fifty thousand American dollars to the program. Okay. The deceased wanting all the value out of the out of the donation has designated the staff of Warchant to allocate these funds with the instruction to maximize wins for 2023. I know Corey's immediate answer is kicking coach, but you could choose to pay the players as well. Now, would your answer change if the purpose of the of the donation is to maximize wins in the next three seasons? I don't want to speak for you, Corey, but I feel like you. it doesn't matter what year it is. You're just all about talent acquisition. All that $50,000 would go to a player, and that's probably not the wrong answer. That's probably Yes, the right it, answer. it's absolutely the right answer. I just worry how how far is that going to get us. Um, 50000 a lot of money. It's a, it's a very, very gracious donation, gift to the school. But if that puts you over the top to – get you uh you know a lineman from the big 10 or if that puts you over the top to keep your quarterback that's where i think it should go i don't but i don't think you can divvy it up like 10 here 10 there 10 here i don't think that'll matter as much as like adding to the kitty of like one great player that can change the season yeah maybe like if somebody came after alex atkins i don't know if that would keep him 50 grand but in terms of like maximizing not. wins next season because this yeah. offensive line you don't want to take a step back but yeah Give me a difference maker, true freshman, a guy that can step in day one. That's where the money's going to go to. Good question. Good thought exercise. WWC1117, sup, gentlemen. With all this dadgum winning this year, we're hopefully on the right track. I am now worried about Mike Norvell getting poached from the Knowles in the next few years. Do you all know if he was a Texas or Texas A&M fan growing up? Him being from Texas, I was just curious. I'd hate for those weirdo Aggies to snatch another one from us. Thanks for an outstanding season. Keep up the Lord's work. Go Knowles. I would, uh, I don't, I mean, I've never heard him talk about Texas and Texas A&M. Um, he always talked about he was actually a Florida State fan. I mean, but who well, knows yeah, license how plate. accurate that is. Yeah, he had a 93 championship license That's plate right. on his wall growing up. That's yeah. right. That's right. So, uh, um, but yeah, he's a I mean, big college look, football fan, though, he's saying. He, he appreciates the pageantry of college football. So I'm sure maybe, you know, the 40 acres would be somewhat appealing, but I don't I would know. just think, you, no way you lose another coach to yeah, A&M. Yeah, I wouldn't think that happened. Um, but look, man, that will be, if he gets this thing really rolling, like playoff bound, um, you are going to have to, the, the price of business will clearly go up. Um, but... Everything else goes up, like ticket sales, booster donations, like the money comes up. The more you win, the more money comes in. So you just got to keep them in the conversation. You know, he, he has to know at Florida State, he is not going to be the highest paid coach in the country. It, j it just isn't going to happen. But you keep competitive with, you know, I don't know, it, the, the Missouris of the world, <laughs> the Wisconsin's of the world, the Nebraska's of the world. Um, if you can stay competitive with them. But again, he also has to know, like, all right, man, go to Nebraska. Like, they're, they're, every Big Ten school, literally every Big Ten school, can outbid Florida State for a coach, which is absurd, and it's stupid, it's outrageous. It's ridiculous that Vanderbilt has more money to go pay a coach than Florida State does because of these stupid ESPN uh, TV deals, but that's, where, that's the life we're in. But um, he also has to be smart about it, man. Like... If you're going to leave a team that constantly can compete for playoff spots and uh, every now and again a national championship, because Florida State can, if it has the right coach, I think is, is, is that's been proven, you can't leave to go just chase the money at a school that can't win anymore. Nebraska's not going to win anything, ever. They just Matt Rule can make them decent again. They are not competing and winning national championships. They are not. It's over. Those days are done. So... He can go to another school like that. That's fine. Go go cash in. But then you're going to get fired there in a few years, and then what? So I, I would think he know that he has a good thing going here. Well, the day, this so, day and age, I mean, Matt Rule can probably get Nebraska into a 12-team playoff. You know. Yeah, but you can't win a national title. 
And I don't even know if he could do that, man. I mean, I, maybe. I mean, uh, I guess. Baylor was gross. That's that was what he did there was pretty remarkable. But no, what I think it comes down to here is this, man. And it's of course it's also points. Texas, right? He does get the beauty of Texas. Yeah. yeah. Nebraska high school football ain't it? Yeah. You know, to Corey's point, I think there will be some sort of, or you hope there's some sort of understanding that you know we just we can't match. We can't give you this sort of life. You give Stephanie a fantastic life, but you can't give her the life that, you know, George Clooney gives them all. You know, it just there's some things that we just can't do. It's a um, very apt comparison. Yeah. I appreciate that. No problem. But at Two a certain dapper guys, a little older. Yeah. yeah. But at a certain point, it's it's as long as as long as Florida State gives him what he needs to succeed, which they have, right? They've expanded yep. the support staff. They've given him the money to keep his coordinators happy. When when that stops you know, and whatever, don't, don't want to relitigate this. Rightly, wrongly, Jimbo felt he probably wasn't getting what he wanted, right? So that, that gave him the out to leave. Now, the second you give that to Mike Norvell, I think he turns into every other other coach. He, and he's a great dude. I mean, he seems cut from a different cloth. But, I mean, yeah. he's a competitor. And if, and if you don't give him what he needs to succeed, I think at that point he would leave. But to the point that we're trying to make here has been that everything's been so remarkable this season, the turnaround, that it, it's hard to imagine he's going to hear a lot of no. So, uh, and I don't want to talk about NFL, but I mean, the, the competitor in him maybe would like go for that. But otherwise, I mean, Florida State, as long as you have the support you want, you are in a, a conference at least that gives you a good path of getting to a 12-team playoff in, in this yeah. sort of configuration, and you have great talent around you, and you're an hour away from the beach. Um, so, hour and a half, shout out St. George Island. So, yeah. And you have a history of, uh, of being in a program that wins titles. Um, I, all, all that stuff matters. Iconic brand, that it really is a good, very iconic really brand, good yeah. television rating apparently Friday night, right? Yeah, it had the second most uh it was like right at 7 million people watched the game on Friday night, which was the second most viewed game of the weekend, obviously well behind Ohio State and Michigan, Jeez. which was like 17 million, but more than Notre Dame USC. Yeah. Which to me is kind of telling, man. Like USC's playing for a spot in a title. Notre Dame was hot in 8 and 3. That's a pretty good rivalry too. And you can say yeah, one was on Friday so it was standalone, one was on Saturday, but that that Notre Dame USC game didn't have a ton of competition either, yeah. Um, and you got you drew more than they did. So again, Big Ten, SEC. Yeah. What are y'all looking at? Well, let's keep it in that realm. This is a good transition. We we'll go to Esrod, nineteen ninety eight. Wake up, state champs. Thoughts on NIL portal and players. A lot of football social media types talk about money. Big Ten, SEC have, and that ACC is pretty much the little sisters of the blind and stuck we are with this GOR well into the future. I have a different take. I look at teams outside of Ohio State and Michigan, and to me, the Big Ten putridly sucks. The SEC, mm. we're 2-0 and against them. All that money can pay a coach a little more, maybe buy a chocolate fountain for your facility, but is it making a difference yet? In italics, he puts. I see NIL and a coach that can identify portal talent as mattering more. Case in point, Jimbo and Mario, they spent more on players or – spent more on NIL than we did, and they stunk, and they have rotten locker rooms. Don't get me wrong, would like to have that SEC or Big Ten TV money one day, but what are your thoughts on FSU's ability to compete in the current player acquisition marketplace as signing day and portal day are upon us? Yeah, I think they're okay now. Like, not okay. They're still at a decided disadvantage, but clearly it's not that big a disadvantage when you look at how they competed against um, two SEC schools uh, this year. But as we go further, and the SEC hasn't even – that's coming up, right? Their new negotiations. Yes, yes. That's coming up. And you were talking about in the neighborhood of $70 million less per school. 60 – I think those are the estimations. 60 to $70 million less per school per year. So what's it going to be in 2030 when Arkansas has accrued just in this realm of TV revenue – has accrued six hundred million more dollars than you. Yeah. It's a different sport, man. So, not fair. It's dumb. It's stupid. They need to figure it out. They need to make it more equitable for everyone. But I like right now because the gap the gap is 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 huge now. But it's getting wider almost exponentially um, in the coming years. And we'll see. I hope it. I hope Florida State can still um, not only stay afloat but you know prosper. But we'll have to see because it's uh, it, it, I'm not convinced because it's going to be so because 2036 is a long way away, gang. Yeah, it's one of those things where uh, we, we don't have a direct correlation between it, 
but man, it's it's such a huge number. Like Corey said, like I don't want to take the chance on it. You know, like I'd rather have all the money and fail than not have the money and try and then probably fail. So yeah. let's uh, let's get that figured out. Plus, let's let's start going to cooler places. You know, again, we're I've been to Raleigh enough. No offense, Raleigh. Beautiful place. Technology Triangle, Golden Triangle, whatever it's called. Awesome. Uh, fuel place, marketplace of ideas, but, you know, let's get a little better game day atmosphere place. Your favorite athletes are always striving to put themselves in a winning position, and it's time that you did too with MyBookie. MyBookie.ag's got the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Our contest, three games each week. Corey and I going heads up, making some picks, seeing how it shakes out. Uh, this is the last week we have. Maybe I'll finagle some sort of bowl thing to mm. give myself a final gasp. Corey goes into this uh, final week that we have up one game on me, eight and seven on the season. I am seven and eight. I don't like any of these games that I picked, but alas, here we go, Corey. I'm going to take the Southern Jaguars in the SWAC championship game plus 17 and a half. Okay. Jackson right. State thumped them earlier this year. But I don't know, man. I think uh, Dion, Colorado, other coaching stuff swirling around him, maybe – some focus is lost, maybe a little too loosey-goosey, and Southern keeps it tight. UNC's played terrible uh, the last few weeks, but I'll take the nine points. I don't know. Just Clemson's got to be a little heartbroken. I don't, and that's the thing. I don't think they're a champion champion. I think a champion would come out here and thrash North Carolina after losing a game like South Carolina. I think they might eke one out, or at least, you know, a touchdown, not more than nine. And that's a lot of points, 17, but uh, mm. I think Michigan – walloped Iowa last year in the uh, Big Ten championship game. I think they'll I think they'll keep focus and they'll make it past Purdue by more than 17. Don't like okay. them. Just all for entertainment purposes, everybody. Corey, you're three. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to go the opposite on that game. I'm okay. taking Purdue plus 17. Okay. I think there's going to be some nerves. Uh, Michigan's going to have a, uh, you know, a real chance to get in the playoff again. Um, and also, they probably know they're already in no matter what. Um, so maybe no nerves. Maybe I just talked myself completely out of my original point because they know they're in either way. But still, I just think, you know, I, I think that game could be closer. I think it's going to be a game in the in the late third quarter. And maybe Purdue – so maybe Michigan goes goes up by 23 late and then Purdue scores a meaningless touchdown. But plus – what is it, plus 18? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah 17. Plus 17? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, then I'm going to go – I'm with you. I, I'm going North Carolina. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess I should just pick whatever you picked. <laughs> And then no way Preserve. you can beat me. Yeah, go in prevent mode, man. Come on. Yeah, just, just take everything you picked. I, I like North Carolina plus uh, nine and a half. That seems like a big number. Um, that kid is going to be nervous as all get out. Now he's playing a horrible defense in, in North Carolina, but still. And uh, I think Drake May uh, could have a day. Uh, but I could be wrong. They, I could be wrong. They're, they might lose by 25 points. And then the last one, USC minus, what, what do you have on there? Was it three? Yeah. USC minus three. Just think they're. Uh, I don't think they're going to blow them out clearly by any stretch. Um, and I think Utah is going to run on them. They're more physical, but that kid's a pretty special quarterback. That offense is really hard to stop. And with a national championship game on the line or a playoff spot on the line and a Heisman on the line, I think they have. A, they'll come out with the right mindset and uh, beat Utah by more than three points. Don't forget, everybody, sign up at MyBookie using the promo code WARCHANT on a deposit of $500 or more. You could claim a bonus of up to 200 Experience sports in a whole new light. Make this season a winning one, just like the Knowles. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, let, we're going to look back here now, Corey, to the Florida game. we got a couple of uh, Florida game queries. Uh, Redneck Knoll from Taylor County, that's their name. I didn't call them that. 
Uh, how about that victory over the orange and blue? So sweet after their winning streak over us. The environment was electric. Um, these guys love to see each other win on the field. Uh, my question is this. Actually, maybe he's not looking back. Somebody else was. I screwed it all up. I'll just keep reading. His question, Corey, is if our defense takes the steps it needs to take next year and quits allowing so many points to decent quarterbacks, does this team win a title next year, assuming Jordan Travis continues to climb and becomes better? Thanks for all the good content. Go Knowles. Um, I mean, probably not. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but, I mean, there's only one team that went. I mean, unless you're talking about the ACC title, I think they're definitely in play for that. Like, really – Almost maybe favorites, especially because there's not divisions anymore. So they can lose it on the road at Clemson and then play them again in Charlotte um, and beat them the second time around. Like that, that can happen. So I think they have a chance at that. But uh, I just, you know, well, I mean, it's it's also almost impossible to answer. I'm yeah. not trying to be rude. We don't know what the roster is going to be. Yeah. Like, well, you is know, Jared Verse back on the team? Are they getting two All Americans from other schools to join? Like we we just we we just don't know. Who else is in on the team and yet offense, to answer those questions? And this offense is really good, guys. They're 14th in yards. Uh, they're 18th in points scored. Uh, so, I mean, say, asking Jordan Travis to get better almost feels uh, impractical, like just maintain. Uh, I know that's not the way things work. You either get better or worse. You never say the same. Shout out, Mickey right, Andrews. there you go. Um, but defensively, I guess if this defense can – because, I, I mean, they're going to still play pretty much mostly the same schedule. You know, LSU is going to maybe be a little bit better. Well, they'll probably be a lot better than they were when you played them this year. Uh, but, man, they're not they're not playing Caleb Williams and then turning around and playing, well, C.J. Stroud will be gone. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get the point. When they played competent, capable offenses, they looked pretty average. When they played bad offenses, they looked dominant. Yeah. But I don't know how many. Hey, look at us. We went from five to, to possibly ten. So maybe Louisville will get – some dynamic quarterback in the portal, and that'll change their fortunes. Um, but I, I think the schedule will probably remain same-ish in terms of what they'll be going up against. Maybe they won't just hammer teams uh, the way they did. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, if the defense gets if the defense gets to the level that the offense is at, absolutely they're a national championship contender. Uh, but I don't think you were saying contender. I mean, you were talking about them actually winning it because that's winning what, it just because yeah. there's only one team that does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they if they but I, I don't even think the numbers do, because the numbers were similar, like in total defense and total offense. They're not that far off um, in their rankings in the in the country. But that offense is elite. You, yes. you know, they, they there were five or six quarters, fourth quarters, where Jordan Travis and the starters didn't play. There were whole halves Jordan Travis didn't play. So if they had played, uh, you know, that, that way, if they had played the whole game, then I, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, man, you're going to, that's, that's, they're going to be top eight in the country in, in, uh, in uh in total offense as it is i think they're like maybe third or fourth in yards per play uh, and obviously they led the nation in explosive plays jordan travis by both cbs and pff was was ranked the third best quarterback in the entire country well cbs Behind is some... tom fornelli a writer from cbs oh sorry well hey man he 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 represents the entire company aslan yeah, okay. you know that you're right you're right you know, just like War Chance Power Rankings had Jordan Travis as the best quarterback at Florida State this year. So, uh, so yeah, I look, man. They, if they take a, I just think they need to take a big leap talent wise on the on the defense. Um, they, they were good for they were very good for what they are talent wise. It's that line of scrimmage, man. I just keep that. I get a little. There's a little pause in me, and it goes back Aslan to what our biggest concern in the spring and in August was the depth on the defensive line. Yeah. Now, Patrick Payton developed. By the way, shout out to Patrick Payton, ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year, well-earned. That guy's a player. Josh Farmer is probably a player. Anybody else yeah. that you know for sure is a game-changer? Right. Derek McClendon's a solid. Yeah, Malcolm you know? Ray's solid. Uh, if that, you know, I'm not trying to kill the kid, but if that, Jared Jackson, eh, maybe, I don't know. that They... They have some solid. They don't have hardly any spectacular. Yeah. And I just think to win national championships, you need some spectacular on the defensive line or on the defense in general. Okie Knoll shares an image off Sam McCall's Instagram. Saw this photo. It's uh, the locker room. It's like a – I don't know if somebody tagged Sam in it or uh, – it's, it's there's an orange shirt over it. 
Um, so I don't know if one of his teammates said that. Then said, I don't know. It's it's weird. You probably should have to read or look at the photo. Uh, there's like two captions on the photo. It's a photo of I guess his locker. Uh, the name is blacked out with uh, like a Photoshop. It says "Tell y'all, coach, come see me next year" with the 100 uh, emoji. Above that is a caption that says "This shh, funny to me, brah." Uh, with a bunch of laughing emojis, and it's like an orange shirt. So I guess he's just lamenting the loss of uh, Sam McCall. Uh, tough to see a talent like him go, but Mike's building a culture that isn't for everybody. That's a good thing. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, man. About again, the yeah. loss of Sam McCall? Is that well, the just, question? Uh, or, or building the culture. I didn't quite understand what you were just describing well, there. you know. All right. I'll read it. Hey, fellas, wake up. Saw this photo on Sam McCall's story. Looks like No, I didn't understand fine. the photo. Well, yeah, I mean, I, no I don't understand. Really is it a locker room photo of Sam McCall's? Locker? No, it's his locker. Yeah, I, think, I don't know. The name is blacked out. I'm assuming it's his locker. Um, OK, but anyhow, how about just it's a tough Mike is building a culture that isn't for everybody. That's a good thing. What are your thoughts? True. And yes. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I, I was pretty I think I was pretty adamant on my thoughts uh, on yesterday's show. Um, I know you probably didn't hear that. Maybe. But not everybody listens to every minute of this show. I get it. Um, but yes, I think you're gonna that there's a culture and a in a play. It's it's becoming a place you think where, um, you know, a guy maybe. And I'm not throwing Sam McCall into this necessarily, but if you're not if you're not playing and if you're not if you don't see yourself playing and you're gonna um. Maybe not gripe or mope or I don't know. I don't know. what Whatever it is. I mean, he went into the portal two days after beating Miami 45-3. to um, And then immediately took it down. But it's like, if that's the kind of person, player, that in the midst of a great win, two days later has to come back and be like, look, I'm out of here. I know y'all are all happy and through the moon and our y'all love our coach, but I'm out of here and I want y'all to know it. it. Can't wait till the end of the season. And then did what he did on Instagram uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, you know, all right. Yeah, I think, I think by and large, you're probably better off without those types of players in the locker room. Yeah, because quite frankly, Sam McCall again is very young. He might turn it around. I have no idea the backstory there. I have no, none. So this isn't necessarily. It isn't about Sam McCall. So let's just. This is an ellipsis into something else. But we saw a lot of bad locker room stuff from 2016 to 2020. A lot of it. And I think Florida State is on the other side of that. And if you are a bad locker room guy, again, not necessarily related to Sam McCall, but if you are somebody um, that, that just wants people to know how miserable you are, I think, yes, it's it, no matter, almost no matter how talented you are, probably no matter how talented you are, I won't even couch it, you, you'd probably be better off somewhere else. And they're not going to stand for it, right? Right. I don't think Norvell's going to oh, let that no. stuff go in the locker room. No, no. Uh Postscript to that kind of, I think lost after the Florida game was Jarian Jones's interview when he was up there on the table with his other teammates. I forget who else was up there with him, but check out the interview. It's up on our Jamie room. and Shaheem. Crushed it. There you go. There you go. And I think it was him that talked about, you know, he was kind of asked about full circle or just growing and things like that. And he talked about, man, I, I thought that guy was crazy. Like, I think he talked about, he was saying like he thought Norvell was crazy when he got here. But now he believes in him and trusts in him and, and, and plays hard for him, obviously. That was one of my kind of hang-ups. I remember people posting, like, the, the AFCA speech that Norvell made before he came to Florida State. And I'm like, that sounds cool, but I just – man, there's an edge to kids that play at Georgia and Alabama and these great Florida State teams. Like, I feel like you play this sport, man. You need to have some nasty in you. And he's a nice guy. You know, but then he's also maniacal at practice. So when he flips the yes. switch as a head coach, but then you see guys like Dylan Gibbons. That's a nice guy, but he plays nasty. You see a guy like Jared Verse. He's a nice guy, but he plays nasty. So, you know, it, you can have your edge, man, but you need to be able to kind of also find, I don't know, have a heart in you or, or, or look at the bigger picture of things and realize that everyone has to kind of maybe make some sacrifices and, and, and figure out ways to, yeah. to push through tough spots in, in, their, in their careers, if you will. So, and if you can't do that, then, you know, you'll, you'll probably have to move on and, and try to hang on somewhere else. And, you know, you can learn and change and, and succeed. And just if, if Sam McCall goes out and has a great career somewhere, it's not, it, it's not you know, Mike Norville didn't screw up. Like, I can't believe he blew that. 
Um, it might have just needed that kind of change for him to, to figure things out. You know, look at Jermaine Johnson. Different things. I mean, he wasn't upset or uh, creating any kind of friction at Georgia, but, man, they let him walk. Look at him, man. I mean, they, it wasn't like they missed him, though, but, shoot, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they would have blown out Alabama the entire game. Well, that's right. Maybe they felt easier. worse about that national championship because <laughs> they didn't beat they didn't beat Alabama worse. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, and again, I want that to be well-known. I have no issue. I don't begrudge anyone about transferring if they're yeah. going to look for a better spot, if it's not working out for them, if the depth chart isn't aligning for them. Absolutely. Feel free. You get one chance to do it, go do it. Um, I transferred from Georgia Southern to Georgia. I can't I can't begrudge anyone else uh, transferring schools. It's just, you know, you don't have to air grievances publicly. That that was my bother. I don't think Jermaine Johnson did that leaving Georgia. Right. Like right. after, you know, after whatever they did, whatever bowl they were in, the Peach Bowl in 2020, he's like, I'm out of here. This this stuff's nonsense. I mean, he didn't do that. And that's just the, the, the issue I had with any of it. But, you know, right. again, hopefully it works out. Old Dazzinol wanted to talk about the Gators game. I would like your okay. thoughts on what in the world that staff was doing offensively in the third quarter. They totally got away from what they did in the first half and yeah. later got back to in the fourth quarter, but yeah. I would be asking a lot of why if I were a fan of that team. To me, that cost them the game. Thanks for a great season of coverage, Old Dad. Yeah, I thought I wasn't sure they would throw a pass in the second half. Um, and then they came out, and I believe on their first three drives of the half that were all three and outs, I think they threw on two or called passing plays on two of the three plays each time, which I would have thought they would all have been straight runs. I thought the quarterback would have run more. They were just, I mean, they were they were really, really physical on the offensive line and opening, opening up holes. It really was bizarre that they kind of switched it up a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know. Thanks. It was it was weird. And then they got, like you said, they got back to it and immediately, like literally, they, so Florida State scores to go up 38-24. And they call what to me just looks like a pretty simple off. I know it's out of the re, out of the shotgun, but it looked to me like a pretty simple off tackle play. They got him 25 yards. And all of a sudden, they're right back on the move again. It's like, well, why didn't y'all do that the last three drives? But, you know, I'm no, I wasn't worried. About, I wasn't mad about it. It worked out for everyone, but that it was a bizarre game plan there in the third quarter. Thanks, Billy. Appreciate you, man. Uh, Spartan 071, Aloha guys, how's it? Uh, Corey asked last week, do you think Ralph will be at the LSU game next year? Yes, I will. I'll be in Tallahassee in August. I'll take a day or so to hang out in Tallahassee. Then I'm going to go to the game. Then I'll go back to Hawaii later on in September. Can't wait for everybody to see him. Question, uh, FSU laid claim to state champs, but what about last year? We split. How does it work when two of the three don't play each other? Absent a serious question about our unknown bowl opponent, this is the best I could do. With much mahalos, or with mucho mahalos, aloha from your friend, Ralph. You can take that, Aslan. Ralph, you're the best, buddy. Can't wait to see you again, man. Um, How does, I don't know. I mean, well, listen, we Florida hasn't played Miami consistently since, I don't know, the 80s. They play like once every 10 years, it seems like now. Yeah, I think Florida Florida State is the only team that can lay claim to it, really, which is kind of a self serving thing. But hey, whatever. Yeah. Um, we're, I mean, we're the Louisiana State it. champs too, and they haven't played Tulane or uh, you know Southern. No. But uh, yeah, look, I I think the reality is it's clearly it's not an official state championship. It's just what Florida State claims because they beat the other two um, big name schools in the state, uh, but the other two can't win it because they don't play each other. I think Cristobal said that, didn't he? Like a weirdo? I think he said that a couple days ago. Like, you can't really win a state championship because we don't play Florida. It's like, buddy, you lost 45-3. to three. You you weren't in contention for the state championship. Yeah, it's out. You're yeah. gone, man. It's out of your reach, buddy. Out of your reach. Growing up, my dad used to take me to the game at the stadium. We'd watch our favorite team play, and then we'd always eat at Zaxby's. That's why it means so much to me that Zaxby's is the official chicken of college fans. To me, they go together perfectly. It reminds me of my dad and... Oh, come on! Are you serious? Get some glasses! Terrible call! Now, I take my kids to the game, and we always eat at Zaxby's, too. It's tradition. We're proud to be the official chicken of college fans. Zaxby's, indescribably good. And don't forget to listen in for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week every Monday on Wake Up War Chant. Uh, let's bundle these two together. Uh, Warpath Knoll with Velvet Hammer Diplomacy. Very subtle, very nice. Wake up, fellas. What was each of your biggest surprises of the season? We'll package that with random underscore John, a little more forceful. Given how you felt about this team in the preseason versus what they became, what do you feel you were most wrong about? 
Mm. I remember preseason, everything felt like any win above eight was a mere pie in the sky, yet here we are. So confession time, what did you get wrong? The offense. We, had, we hadn't seen it the last two years. Um, I did not think it was going to take a leap like this. I thought the defense played about how I thought the defense would play. Um, I think they were good against good bad teams and not good against good teams. I kind of thought that's how it would be. I thought they'd be above average but not exceptional. And I think we could agree they weren't they were above average but not exceptional. Uh-huh. I didn't say I didn't think the Florida State offense would take a leap of 9 points per game difference. Yeah. Also, and that that coincides with what Jordan Travis is. I didn't know he had that this ceiling in him. Well, not 9. They had 27.6 last year. Well, yeah, no, you're right. Don't. What are they averaging this year? Thirty-seven point or uh, no, that was last year. Last year was twenty twenty-seven point six. This year, thirty-six point two. Okay, so yeah, I feel nine, like I was right, right on the money there, there with are. that one. You are, you are right on the money. Yeah, you know, I I don't. That's a huge say, deal, that's right? Huge. Going up nine points is, again, it's crazy. And it was a, it wasn't an easy schedule. <laughs> two possessions worth. Yeah, you know. We saw Jordan do crazy things the last two years. I never thought he could put it together for 60 minutes for 12 games. Um, and that, you know, too, being healthy for all. Starting all 12, he finished 11. Well, no, he only finished probably five of them. But he, he was healthy. He was standing upright and could go in the game for 11 of them. And he started all 12. Yeah, so certainly for me, that's what I got wrong. I mean, terribly wrong was just how talented and, and really – I don't know, sustainable, I think, was the word I would use a lot just in terms of, yeah, I mean, does these crazy plays, but like, can he do it every single game, week in and week out? Not even so much from a health perspective, but it's just like that first drive of the game, Florida, I think, sacked him, and you're like, man, this is going to be a long night. Like, physical teams know how to hem in mobile quarterbacks, but then we saw that not be the case as they proceeded to whiff on absolute dead-to-rights opportunities to bring him down. And I think they finished top 10 in the country in third third down percentage offensively, which that's what good offenses do. I think they converted all the, the, the rest of yes, their red zone fourth, attempts. Fourth. Um, fourth is an amazing number. That's incredible. That all goes back to the quarterback. And even that, Aslan, I brought this up on headlines. So after he gets tackled for a loss after the uh, on second down on that first drive, it's third and seven against an SEC defense in a very big game. And what does he do? He just rips a nice 11-yard throw of the middle of the field to Pokey Wilson. Now, Pokey ends up fumbling it 12 yards later. It wasn't ideal. But last year, that just that stuff just didn't happen. You just didn't see a third and seven, and the quarterback just ripped one over the middle for a first down. Like, uh, And he did it. It started early. It started in the LSU game, hitting Cam McDonald a few times on third, third and tens, third and eights. They weren't third and twos. I, I thought if just the way it had been. And look, man. Much of this is just the 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 receivers were better, but um, I just thought anything over third and four, third and five, really third and three with this offense would be a challenge because I didn't know that the passing offense could operate at that efficiency, and I didn't know this quarterback could see it and get rid of it. Just I didn't know he was going to make a jump like that, but he did, and he became one of the best quarterbacks in the United States. I mean, literally, like we just said, PFF have him as the, has the third ranked Power Five quarterback. Some guy from CBS has him as the third-ranked quarterback. Um, he finished second-team All-ACC. B- by the way, Drake May, I think, is ranked above him in one of those. Um, so it's not uh, it's not a travesty that he finished second. But I, I would have never thought he was going to be a second-team All-ACC going into this season. And I was a big Travis supporter. It has been and have been for two years. I just, that, I did not, again, I just didn't know his ceiling was this high. By the way, another reason to love Jordan Travis uh, Mike Farrell, many of you guys know, is a, is a rivals or was a rivals recruiting guy. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure who he works for now. Um, hopefully not on three. But even no. if he does work for on three, we're all, we're all we all make mistakes. But he's uh, he tweeted on May 27th. This was making the rounds uh, earlier this week on Twitter. Um, he tweeted on May 27th, 2022. Dove into the FSU offensive roster a smidge this morning. It's not pretty. Well, Jordan Travis just retweeted that on oh. Wednesday evening. So pretty pretty funny stuff. Nice. Yeah, you know, just to wrap that up, obviously, again, you know, totally wrong. Totally missed it on Jordan. Shout out, Jordan. Uh, but surprise, I think, it would be the offensive line. Just sure. how yep. remarkably efficient and physical they were. Um, and then, like, 
honorable mention, probably the, the running backs. Like I said, man, Trey Benson said it. I mean, it was his words. I'm, I'm not trying to use his words against it, but, I mean, he said last year that you know, he was at 96% going into week one. Now, listen, man, they had a really good running back up there uh, that's now at Southern Cal and, and hurt. I think Travis Dye? Uh, maybe. Oh, so yeah, yeah. It wasn't like Chop Liver was starting ahead of, of Trey Benson. They they weren't doing coaching malpractice, not giving right. Trey Benson the ball a lot. But you're like, yeah, I like Trey Sean Ward a lot. Lawrence Sofili gives you something in spurts. But to think that you would have a team that was going to run for 200 yards seven straight times right. through November, that's that's a surprise, man. That And that's awesome. Yeah. So, Warpath Noel, thank you for the question. Uh, random underscore John, you know, we all have different ways of asking questions. It's fine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, let's go to Mark in Naples. We only got a couple more, Corey. I shouldn't have said okay, that because we're doing sweet, well man. on time, but this might make you feel like you can you can roam more. No, 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 no. no. I, I got a basketball game to go to, buddy. Oh, that's right. Go Knowles. We're, yeah, we're not going to – we're not holding up this train for the basketball team, everybody. Exactly right. Just assume as you're listening to this that Florida State lost to number 5 Purdue on Wednesday night. Uh, let's We'll go ahead and assume that. In fact, Aslan, I'll, we'll make a deal. If, if Florida State pulls off the stunner – yeah. We'll record like a two-minute intro about okay. the basketball game. How about, How about this? That? If they win, I will storm the field. Uh, I will storm the court. Oh, you and me, both of yeah. us, man. I will both storm of us. the court. That's yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. Marks in Naples. Wish the team could have kept playing, but man, I'm pumped to see. Uh, we'll have some of these seniors, impact players, getting ready for the bowl game. That's a true testament to what this team has built and how they want to play with and for each other and for the coaches. All right, so what bowl game and matchup are you rooting for? Mark says, I want Texas in the Cheez-It Bowl. Second choice would be Tulane Cotton Bowl. Uh, Aslan, as much as you enjoyed the trip to El Paso with Ira, I bet you're pumped to cover a good bowl game. (laughs) Dude, I loved El Paso. Yeah, but it's just not a marquee. I'd rather go to El Paso than Orlando. Sorry, I've never been to El Paso. I mean, that was cool to me. Okay, what about right now, 2022, Aslan? Would you rather go back to El Paso or Orlando? I'd rather go back to El Paso because... You guys, you and Jeff Cameron, I... You guys are like anywhere but the closest place that's the easiest place for the fans to well, get to. It's cheap, and we could stay at the media hotel for like a whole week without like, you know, guilt free. Don't want to ruin like the budget and everything. Right. They right. fed us amazingly. The stadium was beautiful. Okay. Um, I thought it was cool, man. But I, I get it. I get it, everybody. I mean, you know, we'll probably get a cool bowl, bowl president, Cheese It Bowl, Orlando. Sweet. Uh, if not, uh, if we end up in San Diego, I will travel to that one as well. So he's got right. a two-parter. Let's get to that one. Brett McMurphy, who's pretty good at this. I don't know if he's the, the Joe Lenardi of bowl games, but on Wednesday has Florida State playing Oklahoma in the Cheez-It Bowl. And yeah. I think, I mean, Oklahoma's 6-6, six and six, man. Yes, which is not very good this year. An insult. No. Like, why Why would we not get Texas? I think Texas in like a – I think it got Texas maybe in the Cotton Bowl playing Tulane, if I'm not mistaken. New Year's Six Bowl over everything, obviously. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd rather go to the Cheez-It Bowl than the Tax Slayer Bowl. Okay. So I'll All say right. that. Yeah, I, the, the Oklahoma matchup doesn't really excite you, except that, you know, Florida State – it seems like it would be a – Florida State would be favored by, I don't know, man, eight to ten points. Have we ever beat really Oklahoma? Playing. And that's what I was saying. It would actually give you a chance to finally, finally Jeez. beat Oklahoma because it just does not happen. Uh, it's like Houston. They just can't beat Houston in football, going back to the 60s for some reason. Um, but, yeah, I would say I would love Florida State, South Carolina in Jacksonville. I think that, that'd, be a, that'd be a matchup that people cared about. They would show up. Florida State fans would show up. It would have the feel of like a real kind of big bowl game uh, because they played so well to end the year. Um, and, uh, yeah, as opposed to a 6-6 six and six Oklahoma team in their first season with Venables. But, yeah, I, I think Orlando – Orlando gets first choice. I think what, from what I was reading with Brett McMurphy, how it works real quick is, oh, it's not real quick. I'm already going on too long. Oh, Sorry, gang. See, we did. I so I know. Them off. I knocked them off. So the, the Rose Bowl gets, obviously, when Michigan went, they're not getting Michigan. So they're probably going to take, the, the, the next team they would take would be Ohio State if they're not in the playoff. So if USC wins, then Ohio State is out of the playoff. And then they're Rose Bowl eligible. But... The thought is Pasadena wouldn't want Ohio State again because they just were there last year, and it will be their third trip there in five years. So they have the right to take Penn State, and they would probably take Penn State, which would then shove Ohio State somewhere else, and it would open the door for the Tampa Bowl to take an ACC team, 
the Outback Bowl, whatever yeah. it's called. I don't Reliant, know what it's called now, but Reliant it, Quest. Okay, Reliant Quest. And they would that's they would take Notre Dame, and then Ooh. Notre uh, maybe I guess take an ACC guess. That was, team, Notre Dame. I know, uh, right? Exactly, <laughs> a partial ACC team. But uh, so Tampa, if they got first choice, I guess according to McMurphy, would take Notre Dame, and then that would open the door for Orlando, who kind of technically gets first choice after uh, to take Florida State. That's how it would work necessarily. But I guess there's still an outside, outside shot that the Cotton Bowl could happen for Florida State because they could get up all the way to 10th, but probably not. If Florida State does play South Carolina, I'll need you to record Mike Norvell's press conference. I'd, I'd want to go into the South Carolina one and just You're ask You're going to be a Beamer. Beamer. Yeah, like, hey, I got gotcha. you. Hey, Shane, did they, did they quit on you out there? <laughs> there Come on, man. Nice. 12th game of the season, man. Give me a break, man. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, Big B, sorry, sorry, second part of Mark's question. Aside from Jordan Travis, assuming he returns, who are your top three impact players that will likely return and play a significant role in 2023? It's a good question. Um, Is Robert Scott, I mean, I know it's a left yeah. tackle. It's not sexy, yeah, yeah. but, yeah. you know, man, he's, he held it down. He was all ACC. I'll give him one of the offensive linemen. Um I mean, I think they got enough depth at wide receiver that if one of those guys got nicked up for a few games, they'd be fine. So I'm not going to put them as an impact. I'd say Johnny um, okay. and Trey, but also like I, I think I've talked about on this show. I got so many of them, gang. I remember. I can't remember who, what shows I say these things on. That uh, even if they lost Trey Benson, which I would be surprised. I'd be surprised if anybody on offense went. I'd be shocked. I'd, I'd upgrade. Um, you'd be shocked. I'd be surprised. But either way, um, if that happens. With with Trey Benson, uh, man, do you, does anybody doubt that Norvell that that this running game will not average 200 yards again next season? Like Trey Benson's nice; he's a good player. It's fun to watch him in the open field, just throwing dudes off him like they're children. But he'll have running; they they have running backs. They got guys coming in. Rodney Hill, we think, is very good. Watching him behind a first string offensive line would be fun. You're still going to have theoretically Jordan Travis, who changes the game for the rushing attack too. And you might have Toa Feely and Trayshawn Ward and all. I mean, you'd Holmes, still be okay. In from Penn yeah, you State. got the that kid from Penn State, too. Yeah, you, I think guy. you'd still be okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm with Patrick Payton, Robert Scott, and uh, Renardo Green. Renardo? Okay, yeah, yeah throw Renardo. I, maybe Shaheem. Okay. Shaheem's got a little something to him, man. I like that kid. Yeah, especially if Jamie's going to be, yeah. you know, moving on. All right, Big B7034, wake up, gents. B-Rob here, a.k.a. Kari. LOL. Oh, yeah. There you go. Nice. Let's see. How long, how long has he been a member? All right. He's been here since August. This is his first ever post, though. Oh, all right. I love how people are like James B, Warchant.com loyalist, subscriber. Legend. Only comments, though. 99% of his online interactions are on YouTube. Like, he rarely yeah. comes on the boards, but he's always on YouTube. And then our guy, Bakari, uh, you know, usually on YouTube. Never, never seen him here on Warchant, but let's go. Seeing how portal transfers, hey, folks, you can have your question read by Corey Clark and Aslan Hajavani for the low price of $10 for an entire year. Subscribe mm. to WarChant.com. Maybe that'll be our thing, Corey, one of these times. If they make the playoff next year, you'll read all the questions when we're on the plane private flying to the playoff spot. You'll yeah, read we're the on the WarChant jet. Yeah. We're on the WarChant jet flying to L.A. Okay, all right. Seeing how portal transfers and the development of players already on the roster has greatly improved the wide receiver group and the perception of Dugans, what position coach that's viewed negatively could ultimately change how they'd be viewed if their talent is improved? As always, go Knowles. Well, I, the, the two obvious answers to me are uh, Randy Shannon and Woodson. Yeah. I don't think the, the linebackers as a whole – uh, we're not great this year. They were better because they got Tatum Bethune. That helped. Um, didn't like what I really honestly didn't like a ton of what I saw from Deloach. In the second half uh, of the season. I yeah. don't First think he took a step forward like we thought he would, especially after the step forward he took to end 2021. He seemed very much the same player, if not a little bit, not as a little bit worse. And then the secondary, I just, I don't think you can argue that they played exceptionally there. Uh, they weren't horrible. But uh, Marion Cooper's development, Kevin Knowles' development, um, Akeem Dent, like they're, they're, those, I think you could say all three of those guys, maybe, well, Marion Cooper definitely was a disappointment because of how good he was last year. 
Knowles and uh, Akeem Dent certainly didn't distinguish themselves as, as getting appreciably better a year under his tutelage. So you know, it's not always a coach's fault, man. They might just be what they are. But if we're gonna if if we're gonna comment on the coaches that might feel perception, like it's about perception. The, the yeah. perception, yes, of not having a very good group and not doing an exceptional job coaching them. I would think it'd be those two, and the kicking coach. I want to introduce this with a, with like a, a wry comment, but I can't. Uh, but uh, Chris Thompson, though, I mean, tight ends haven't been great. He ain't going anywhere. I'm not trying. Right. To, this isn't like fire a coach. Uh, part of the show uh, but man tight ends have not really i mean cam mcdonald's made some catches here yeah, and there but he's like third on the team in receiving yards yeah i mean if you know he talks about what would you know how could they how could the perception change if they were able to get improved talent that's somewhere probably right or if brian courtney takes a step forward because yeah i mean all they've really had is cam mcdonald these two and a half well they've almost been three full years now it's been him it's been preston daniel you know, Biscuit's shown improvement, but Biscuit still is kind of limited in what he can do for you. Right. Uh, if, if it's not A.J. Duffy throwing him the ball, that is. Him and A.J., sweet music. Yeah, what Mark, a connection. Mark Duper. It's like Brady and Gronk. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, there we go. There's some answers for that's a good. That's a good answer. And honestly, man, if they got a special tight end, like an All-American caliber tight end, like one of the three at Georgia came to, came to Florida <laughs> State, the, the, way that they, uh, the way that they run stuff for the tight end, I mean, you could have an All-American here. No. Like, they, they run incredible stuff in the screen game. They somehow get, it, it on the, one of the biggest drives of the season, Cam McDonald is running scot-free in the middle of the field against Florida. And that would happen once or twice a game. No. So that's, uh, yeah, I, if I was a tight end, and I, or, if, or if I was a former Florida State uh, football player that had a son that was a great tight end, I tell you what, Aslan, I'd be thinking about the Knowles. Just saying. Mm, well said. Hey, how about the last one, Corey? We made it. Let's do it. Cole Four. I should have looked. I've never seen Cole around here. He's been around here since August. He's not, not okay. in posts. One of the $1 gang. That's I see right. you, Cole. Wah, 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 wah. What team do you think would win? 2022 Florida State or 2016 Florida State? I think a good rule of thumb in these situations, Corey, is always like go with the team that's got the better quarterback. But, yeah, that's a good point, but, but our good the team that has Dalvin and yeah. uh yeah. Dalvin you know, Cook. Well, Dalvin. I was going to say Dalvin and Derwin, but Derwin didn't play in that much of that season. Much like Jabril Peppers missed the Orange Bowl, so did Derwin James. Uh man, prisoner of the moment makes you want to say 2022. Yeah, I, man, I'm just yeah, I that that 2016 defense was not good. Um, they got better as the season went on, I guess, but that, that wasn't a great unit. It had certainly had more talent than this one, I think. What Josh Sweat was on that team, right? Yeah, He's just yeah. out there sacking people on Monday Night Football now. Demarcus Walker. Uh, I think they could rise up and yeah, slow down the run Walker game. Too. I don't know if 2022 could stop Dalvin, but I don't think 2016 could slow down Jordan Travis, though. So That's like a third. That's like a 44-41 shootout. <laughs> yeah. I, and who had the better kicker? Probably the 2016 version. That was before um, uh, Ricky. Well, it was before Turntle, and it was before the, it was before Ricky started missing a lot of kicks. So I would uh, I would say I guess I give a slight slight edge to 2016, but it's it's razor thin, man. I could see either way. You're right. I think Jordan Travis the better quarterback, um, and I certainly think the 2016 team played harder. Or, sorry, whoa, sorry, whoa, exact whoa. opposite. Walk, I think the 2022 back. team played harder. We all watched the Showtime. Well, not all of us, but some people watched the Showtime show where those players, were at, the 16 team was having to sign promise notes to try hard. Uh, that did not happen on the 2022 unit. So all things being equal, go with the team with the better quarterback, go with the team with the better offense, and go with the team with that tries hard. So, I, yeah, I've, I've talked myself into it. 2022 on a Fitzmagic. 39-yard field goal at the horn. I'll go with 2016 just to be contrary. I know you would. Be loyal, would. Be loyal yep. to my guy. I know. I Brock Rubel. Love you, Brock. <laughs> um, we're going to thank all these people as these things matriculate in here. Uh, thanks to Florida Boat Guy. He tagged us in a thread on War Chant's Travel Council, a screenshot of his, his Spotify. I guess we're at that time of the year now where Spotify tells yeah. you what you've listened to the most. 
Uh, he spent 4,603 minutes of his year listening to us. Oh, boy. So that's um, wow. That's so awesome. Thank man. you very much. Yeah, I, I can't even do the math of how many hours that is, but a lot. Yeah. Don't ask me to do math. Uh, not that you were. It's like 80 course. hours. That's like 80. That's like 78 hours listening to us. So 78 of complete shows. We do like crazy. an hour every day, though, man. That's not enough. Well, good point. Good point. It should be 200 hours. What, what is that? That's what was that? 12,000 should be 12,000 minutes. Uh, our guy, Austin Flowers. I don't know if they're the same guy. I don't think Florida boat guy and Austin Flowers are the same guy. Uh, they're not. Austin Flowers uh, tweeted at us. Thanks. Wake up or chant Aslan Hodges, which is not my last name. We need to figure out my new Twitter handle. Everybody's been mm. four years. Uh, and Corey Clark for being my top podcast on Spotify this year. I loved all 5,693 minutes of okay. it. Okay. Wow. Wow. So. There's no way you loved all of them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we, we really do appreciate it, man. Thank you. That's that's. Uh, yeah, I saw a few of those on Twitter. That's uh, that's really neat. Uh, it's cool. This. So does Spotify, is that different than when I, how I listen to my podcast on my iPhone? Yeah, if you don't use a Spotify app. Yeah, if you're using the then Apple you're not iOS. doing that, right? Okay. Right. I wish, well, I wish iTunes would do that, too. Yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, our guy, Sean Noel Nation 19. Thanks for getting me through my day. Sorry, Corey. I know you don't, we don't like hearing compliments, but this is cool. It got me in my feels. Uh, we're his third most listened to podcast, but the two in front of us are not college football, so it's fine, oh, Phil. Good. Well, actually, good. no. He's got a bar stool one in front of us, and then one about uh, golf. So Okay. All right. Thank you, Sean, but not as much as we thanked Death Star Destroyer and uh, Austin. Well, that's Austin Flowers' name on Twitter and our guy, hmm. Florida Boatman. Okay. All right, I'll stop rambling. Corey, we're going to go cover practice. Uh, you're going to cover a, a, a basketball game. Yeah, man. Hey, oh, and guy. good news for the Knowles fans, too, is after they get done playing Purdue on Wednesday night, they get to travel to Charlottesville to play, like, the number three team in the country on Saturday. So the foot, the, the basketball team you love dearly is about to be 1-9 and nine on the season. If right, Iron Prove Sh me wrong, kids. Maybe if, they're about to be 3-7 and seven and in the top 10. I don't know. If iron sharpens iron, what is what is man? Tinge, we'll see. I'm not. Ten on I'm not, iron, dude. Just makes me sad. I hope they. I hope they pull it together and, and play well these two games. Even if they don't win, I just hope they compete and play hard. But if history is any indication, this team probably will not. But let's hope. Let's hope, man. Come on. This is this is ugly for him. All right. That's a wrap for us. Thanks so much for listening uh, to this one and every other show that we've done this year. But we we got more. We ain't going anywhere. Uh, we'll be around. Uh, stay connected to Warchant.com. Practice interviews, practice observations, practice video, and the Jeff Cameron Show with uh, Tom Lang, 1 to 3 o'clock right here on War Chant TV. That's our YouTube channel as well as 93.3 FM in Tallahassee Terrestrial Radio. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up War Chant, presented by the Corner Pocket Barn Grill.